Al-Bashir, your source of Islamic literature, presents Al-Akhirah, the afterlife, narrated by Imam Anwar Al-Awlaqi. Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us in a long hadith about the story of the soul when it leaves the body, the trip that the soul takes. He says, when the believer is dying, the angels come down with a coffin from Jannah and some scent from Jannah. And they descend and they sit in front of that person. And then the angel of death descends and tells the believer, be happy and pleased with the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. And then he calls the soul to come out. He says, Ya ayyuhat al-ruh al-mutma'anna, oh you soul in the state of tranquility, come out to the pleasure that will be provided to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that soul would come out so easily, it is like a drop of water that is flowing down from a jug. Like pouring a drop of water. It, it, it slides so easily out of the body. And as soon as the angel of death takes that soul, all of the angels would jump. Every one of them wants to take the honor of holding that soul and wrapping it in the coffin. And then they would carry it up in the heavens. And Rasulullah says whenever they would carry it next to a group of angels, they would smell this beautiful scent. And they, they would say, whose soul is this? And the angels will tell them, this is the soul of so and so. They would call him with his best names. Until they reach to the gates of the lowest heaven. And then they would seek permission. So the gates of those that heaven will open up. And whenever this soul is being carried through a heaven, the angels of that heaven will accompany it until the next heaven. And angels are surrounding this soul all the way up until it reaches to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will deliver the promise of Jannah to that soul. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, take that soul back to earth because that is where I have created them from and that is where they would return and that is where they would be resurrected from. So the soul would then descend down with honor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Rasulullah tells us what happens to the soul of the non-believer or the evil doer. Rasulullah says the angels come down with a coffin from hellfire and they come next to him and the angel of death would stand next to him and say, Ya al Khabitha. Oh, you evil soul, come out to the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his anger. So that soul would disperse around the body and try to cling to every nerve and muscle. It doesn't want to leave. So the angel of death is pulling that soul out. Rasulullah says the pain of that soul is like a branch filled with thorns being pulled out of a wet ball of wool. Imagine pulling out a branch filled with thorns, out of a wet ball of wool. It is tearing apart the nerves and the muscles of that person. Pain and agony of death. And as soon as that soul comes out, all of the angels would jump and would wrap it up in a coffin from hellfire and then they would carry it up. Rasulullah says it has a stinking rotten smell. And whenever this soul passes next to angels, they would start cursing it and they would say, whose soul is this? So the angels would call him with his worst name. And then... The angels would carry it up to the first heaven, as-sama'a dunya 
the lowest heaven, and they would seek permission. But the door of that heaven will not open. لا تفتح لهم أبواب السماء. The doors of the heavens will not be open for them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Throw that soul to the lowest earth. Throw that soul down to the lowest earth. So that soul will be thrown down with the disgrace by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the soul is in the grave. So we start with the next section in Al-Akhirah. And that is Al-Qabr, the grave. Usman ibn Affan, radiallahu anhu, whenever he would see a grave, he would cry. So they asked him, how come when you remember Jannah and Nar, that wouldn't affect you like when you remember the grave? Al-Qabr. Usman ibn Affan said, إني سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول القبر أول منازل الآخرة فإن جاء منه فما بعده أيسر وإن لم ينج منه فما بعده أشد منه عثمان بن عفان said I heard Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم say that the grave is the first step towards akhirah it's the first step of akhirah if you make it through it then whatever comes after it will be easier and if you cannot make it through the grave, then whatever will happen after it is worse. And that is why I cry whenever I remember the grave. And then he said, that Rasulullah said, مَا رَأَيْتُ مَنْظَرًا قَطْ إِلَّا وَالْقَبْرُ أَشَدِّ مِنْهِ مَا رَأَيْتُ مَنْظَرًا قَطْ إِلَّا الْقَبْرُ أَفْضَعْ مِنْهِ Rasulullah says, everything horrific that I have seen, the grave is more horrific. Everything that I've seen in my life, nothing is as worse as what I've seen in the grave. Pretty soon we're going to be there. Every one of us. We're going to leave the comfort of this dunya. We're going to leave it behind. We're going to leave it behind and we're going to be there. Every single one of us one day will be carried and will be put in that hole in the earth. The grave is dark. There was a woman who used to clean the masjid in the time of Rasulullah An old woman, she would come and clean the masjid. She was ill and then she died in the late at night. So the Sahaba, عنهم, they buried her. And they did not wake up Rasulullah because it was late at night. And then later Rasulullah asked, where is that old woman? They said she became ill and we buried her. Rasulullah said, why didn't you call me? Rasulullah was the father for this ummah. He cared about every single one of them. The weak and the strong. The man and the woman. The old and the young. He said, why didn't you wake me up? And then Rasulullah said, show me her grave. So he went and visited her grave and then he said, Rasulullah says, these graves are dark. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give them light because of my salah on them. Narrated by Al-Bukhari. Graves are dark. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give them light because of my salah on them. And the grave, as soon as it meets you, because you belong there, you're from the earth. So as soon as you're put in the grave, the grave will squeeze you and hug you. It seems like a hug, but it's a painful squeeze. Because you're part of the earth. That's where you're created from. 
Rasulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem says inna lil qabri daghtah law kana ahadun najiyan minha naja Sa'd ibn Mu'adh Rasulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem says the grave squeezes if anyone would have been saved from this squeeze it would have been Sa'd ibn Mu'adh even Sa'd ibn Mu'adh the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the grave squeezed him Rasulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem says hadha alladhi taharraka lahu al-arsh wa futihat lahu abwabu as-samaa وشهده سبعون ألفا من الملائكة لقد ضم ضم ثم فرج عنه. صلى الله عليه وسلم says سعد بن معاذ this is the man whom the arsh of Allah the throne of Allah shaked for his death. this is the man whom the doors of heavens open up for. and this is the man who seventy thousand angels accompanied in his denaza. but the grave squeezed him. but then it released him. Sa'd ibn Ma'ath, the arsh of Allah, the throne of Allah, shaked for the death of Sa'd ibn Ma'ath. And the doors of heaven were opening to welcome the soul of Sa'd ibn Ma'ath. And 70,000 angels came down specially to accompany the janazah of Sa'd ibn Ma'ath. Because Sa'd ibn Ma'ath is the leader of Al-Ansar, one of their leaders who opened up Medina for Rasulullah and he's one of the ones who hosted Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and was the best host. And he is one of the people who defended Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until he died. And that is the honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him. Nevertheless, he was still squeezed in the grave. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once said, if anybody is going to be saved from the squeezing of the grave, it would be this young child. There was a child who was buried. Even that child was squeezed by the grave. So we start talking now about the trials and the tribulations of the grave. Trials and the tribulations of the grave. This is called Fitnat al-Qabr. And Rasulullah mentions in a hadith about the questioning of the person in the grave. As soon as a person gets into the grave, two angels, Munkar and Nakir, would descend on that person. And they would scream at him and they would shock that person and surprise him. Meaning that the way of conversation with these two angels is not uh, very, sort of to say, polite. They're very tough and strong. And they expect from you a straight answer immediately. Whether you are a believer or not, they're going to come in that fashion. Al-intihar is when they come and scream at a person and speak to him loudly and straightforwardly. So these two angels will come down, Munkar and Nakir, and they would ask three questions. Man Rabbuk? Wa ma dinuk? Wa man nabiyuk? Who is your Lord? What is your religion? And who is your prophet? Only three questions. This is the examination. This is the test. This is the test we should prepare for. And this test has only three questions in it. We study years for tests. How much time are we given for this most important test that we're going to face in our life? We know the questions and we know the answers. Who is your Lord? What is your religion? And who is your prophet? Three questions. 
and they expect from you straightforward, immediate answer. The believer would say, Rabbi Allah, my Lord is Allah, and my religion is Islam, and my prophet is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They would hear a sound coming from above, saying, Qad sadaqa abdi, my servant is telling the truth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is verifying the answers. The angels are asking the questions, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is verifying if the answers you're saying are the truth or not. And that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sets firm the believers on the firm statement in this world. And what is the firm statement? La ilaha illallah. That is the firm and established statement. That is the truth. That is the reality. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will set the believer firm on la ilaha illallah. With the non-believer or the munafiq, the angels would come down and they would say, who's your Lord, what's your religion, and who's your prophet? When they would ask him about the prophet, they would say, huh? What? I don't know. I heard the people say this, and I said it. They would smash him with a hammer that will turn him into dust. That person is saying what he heard. I don't know. But I heard people say this about Muhammad wasallam. I heard Abu Jahl say this about him. I heard Abu Lahab. I heard ABC News. I heard CNN. I read in the newspaper. I was listening to the stereotypes about Muhammad wasallam. This is what I heard. That's not the answer the angels want to hear from you. They want to hear from you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is my Nabi. So it needs to be clear that the Iman in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is one of the pillars that you will be asked about in your grave. So it's not sufficient to believe in one God. You must believe in the representatives of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those are the messengers of Allah. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Isa, Musa, Ibrahim. We have to believe in the anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they are the ones who are conveying the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the people in dunya. So we have to have iman. Hearsay, stereotyping, that the people hear about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they'll mention it in the grave, but it will not be a valid answer. And this is the test in the grave. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, this is the last fitna, the believer, this is the last test the believer will go through. The last ibtila. This is the final one. After that test, it's over with. There's no more tests. Al-Bukhari narrates that Asma bint Abi Bakr says, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa stood in the masjid and delivered a speech. And he started talking about the fitna of the grave until the noises, until there was an uproar in the masjid. Rasulullah was speaking about the fitna of the grave. Asma says there was an uproar in the masjid, loud noises. What was that noise? The Sahaba were crying. Asma said, I couldn't hear the khutbah of Rasulullah. And I waited until the noise calmed down. And then I asked a man next to me, I told him, Barakallahu feek, may Allah bless you. 
What is the last thing Rasulullah said? Rasulullah said, It has been revealed to me that you will go through fitna, trials, in your graves similar to the fitna of Ad-Dajjal. The extreme situation and danger of the trials and tribulations of the grave are similar to the trials and the tribulations of Ad-Dajjal. And Rasulullah says, مَا مِنْ فِتْنَةٍ مُنْذُ أَنْ خُلِقَ آدَمْ إِلَى قِيَامِ السَّاعَةِ أَشَدِّ مِنْ فِتْنَةِ Ad-Dajjal. There is no fitna, there is no trial. Since Adam was created until the day of judgment, more severe than the fitna of Ad-Dajjal. And every one of us will go through something similar to that in our graves. Me and you. This is who it's talking about. It's not talking about someone else. Me and you, pretty soon, are going to go through that fitna. And we will be questioned and we will go through that test and trial and tribulation. When the Sahaba heard this, there was an uproar in the masjid because of their crying and weeping. Because their hearts were soft. For us, we are not affected. And if we are affected, it's a very, very temporary effect. Very soon, it will be eliminated. One of us could witness a janazah. And I've seen this. We could go to a janazah and we can see the grave with our eyes and see the end of the human being when he's dumped in a hole. We could see that with our own eyes. And then in the cemetery, we could be joking and laughing together. I've seen that. We are facing death, seeing the end of the human life. And we could be telling jokes and laughing. This is qaswatul qalb. This is hard hearts similar to rock. It's just like a solid rock. It's not, it's not soft. The sahaba radiallahu anhum, they just heard Rasulullah speaking about the fitna of the grave, Asma said, I couldn't hear anything. Bajjal masjid. There was an uproar of loud voices in the masjid. I had to wait until it calmed down for me to know what Rasulullah said. We're suffering from a disease. That is a disease and illness that we need to cure. This disease is worse than a heart, than a medical heart problem. It's worse. And if we are suffering from a medical heart problem, we would spend our life and our, we would spend our time and our effort to cure it. But if we're suffering from diseases like this, we let them go. We let them, we let them in our hearts. We don't even worry about it. Rasulullah says, إِنَّ هَذِيَ الْأُمَّةُ تُبْتَلَى فِي قُبُورِهَا فَلَوْلَا أَلَّا تَدَافَنُوا لَدَعَوْتُ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُسْمِعَكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ الَّذِي أَسْمَعَ Rasulullah said, this ummah will go through tests in the grave. And if it wasn't for the fact that you would not bury your dead, I would have asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow you to hear what's happening underground. Rasulullah said, I can hear. I can hear what's happening underground. And I would ask Allah to allow you to hear it. But, am I, but I'm afraid if I do so, you would not dare to bury your, your dead. If you're able to hear what's happening under the surface, you would not bury any dead person. You would keep them on the surface of the earth. You're not going to put them there. Because of the horror of what's happening underground. Ibn Taymiyyah says that not only Rasulullah heard this, but he said, we know of some people 
who also hear this. He said, we have heard accounts of people hearing the punishment in the grave. And we have heard accounts of people seeing dead bodies coming out from the grave, being punished, and they're screaming, and the scars are on their body. Ibn Taymiyyah says, when you're asleep, your soul is separate from the body. Nevertheless, sometimes in a dream, the dream could be so intense that your body could start moving and acting upon that dream. And it could start walking in that dream, acting and moving and running even though your eyes are closed. Even though the soul is separate from the body when you're asleep, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ حِينَ مَنَامِكُمْ Allah is the one who takes away your souls when you are sleeping. So the soul is taken out of the body in the stage of sleep. Ibn Taymiyyah says the same thing. Sometimes the punishment could be so intense and severe that the body starts acting upon that punishment. And you could see dead people coming out from the graves, running, and the angels are following them and torturing them. The description of the punishment of the grave and the reward of the grave. After the questioning of the believer, when the believer is given the right answers, a voice calls from the heaven, and صدق عبدي My servant is telling the truth. فَفْرِشُوا لَهُ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَأَلْبِسُوهُ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَافْتَحُوا لَهُ بَابًا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ so furnish his grave from paradise and provide him with clothes from paradise and open for him a gate to paradise. This grave on earth is hooked up to Jannah, is directly connected to paradise. This grave in dunya of the believer, it has a direct connection to Jannah. There's a gate and this person in the grave is able to see his place in Jannah. He's not able to go there, but he can see it. And then, a very handsome person would walk in the grave. Very pleasant face. So the dead person would say, who are you? That person would say, I am your good deeds. And I came to spend time with you and be with you until the day of judgment. I will be with you. You're not going to be alone. And that's why one of the tabi'een, he had a student. He told his student, you have studied under me for 30 years. Tell me what have you learned? 30 years, you're studying under me. Tell me what have you learned throughout this period? That man said, I learned eight things. One of these things he said, I learned that every one of us has some loved ones. And we have some loved things. Some of these loved things we're going to leave when we're still in dunya. And some of these loved things we're going to leave at home. And some of these loved ones or things are going to come, come with us to our graves. But then when we go to the grave, no one will be with us. No loved one or loved thing will be with us in our graves except for our good deeds. That's why I have taken my good deeds to be the most beloved thing to me. I'm going to leave my family. I'm going to leave wealth. I'm going to leave my car. I'm going to leave my home behind. I'm going to leave everything. 
The only thing that I can take with me in my grave is my good deeds. Therefore, let me have a lot of them. And then Rasulullah says, he will have a window showing paradise. And a window showing hellfire. And he will be told, this is where you could have been if you were not a believer. In hellfire. And this is what you've got because of your iman. When he sees that, he would say, Ya Rabb, aqim al-sa'ah. Oh Allah, start the day of judgment. When he sees what's waiting for him in Jannah, he says, Oh Allah, bring the day of judgment. Hatta adhaba ila mali wa ahli. So that I can go to my family and to my wealth. Where is his family and wealth? Is it in dunya? His family and wealth now is in akhirah. He, he is not caring now about what he has left behind in this world. He doesn't want to go back to this world. He will not regret it. Now he's in a hurry. He wants to go to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reserved for him in Jannah. Ya Rabb, aqlim al-sa'ah. Oh Allah, let the day of judgment start. As soon as possible so that I can go and, and be with my family and my wealth. Al-kafir or al-fajr. The corrupt person, the evil person or the non-believer. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says after the questioning, Yunadi munadim min as-sama' an kadab. An announcement will be made from the heavens that he is a liar. فَأَفْرِشُوا لَهُ فِرَاشًا مِّن نَّارٍ وَأَلْبِسُوهُ لِبَاسًا مِّن نَّارٍ وَافْتَحُوا لَهُ بَابًا إِلَى النَّارٍ Furnish his grave from hellfire and give him clothes from hellfire and open for him a gate to hellfire. This grave that you see in dunya is directly connected to hellfire. So we have graves under the surface of the earth. We think are part of dunya. We don't know that they are connected to al-akhirah. We don't know that the people of Jannah are seeing Jannah from their graves and the people of hellfire are seeing hellfire from their graves. And then an evil, ugly looking person would come in the grave. So the man would say, who are you? What an evil person you are. He would say, I am your evil deeds. And I will be with you until the day of judgment. And he has a stinking, rotten smell that will be with him until the day of judgment. And then Rasulullah says, two windows will be opened, a window to Jannah and a window in hellfire. He would be told, this is where you could have been if you were a believer. That's the regret. So he's not only suffering physically, but he's suffering psychologically because of regret. And this is where you will be in hellfire. He would say, Ya Rabb, la tuqim sa'a. Oh Allah, do not let the day of judgment start. Can the Muslim be punished in his grave? Yes. Al-Qurtubi says, اعلم أن عذاب القبر ليس مختصا بالكافرين ولا موقوفا على المنافقين بل يشاركهم فيه طائفة من المؤمنين وكل على حاله من عمله. Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi says, Realize that the punishment of the grave is not solely for the non-believers and is not special and is not only for the hypocrites, but also it could happen to some of the believers because of their shortcomings in their deeds. So it can happen to a believer due to shortcomings in their actions. So what are some of the reasons that could cause the punishment of the grave? There is general reason, and that is shortcomings in general. That's a general reason. But then there are a few specific reasons. Number one, theft, stealing. Taking something that doesn't belong to you and cheating. 
there was a servant with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they were out in jihad. And this servant was preparing the saddle for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when a stray arrow killed him. So the Muslims started saying, Hani'an lahu jannah. Congratulations for him. He's got jannah. Because he died in the battlefield, shaheed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kalla. والذي نفسي بيده إن الشملة التي أخذها يوم خيبر من المغانم لم تصبها المقاسم لتشتعل عليه نارا متفق عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said no in the name of Allah the cloak which he stole in the day of خيبر is wrapped around him and is burning him in his grave this man is out in jihad he's fighting in the sake of Allah and he died in that battle. And the Muslims said he's a shaheed. Rasulullah said no. The cloak which he stole on the day of Khaybar. This man, just a cloak. A cloth. Piece of cloth. He took it without taking permission. Rasulullah said that cloth is wrapped around him and is burning him in his grave. Subhanallah. For a cloak. What about the ones who are raking thousands and thousands or millions of dollars? This is a piece of cloth. And that person is being punished in his grave because of a piece of cloth. What about the ones who cheat millions of dollars and steal in millions of dollars and take and abuse the rights of the Muslims and steal their money by cheating? What will happen to them in their graves? For a miser return. What is it for? For a temporary enjoyment in this life? Any money that is taken unlawfully, there is no barakah in it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would inflict you with diseases and with disasters which will eventually cause you to spend all of your money on, because that money doesn't have barakah. Monetary transactions is something that could cause you great rewards or great punishment. It all depends on the way you use it. It's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِيَبْلُوَنِي أَشْكُرْ أَمْ أَكْفُرْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to test you, are you going to be grateful or ungrateful? ثَانِيًا وَثَالِثًا Number two and three. Rasulullah in a hadith narrated by Bukhari passed by two graves. And Rasulullah said the two men in these graves are being punished. They're suffering now. But Rasulullah said they are not suffering because of something major. One of them used to slander and namima. And the other one would not purify himself and clean himself from urine. And they were being punished in their graves because of that. One of them would slander and namima. He would go and, and take, uh, uh, cause disunity dis- among the people and slander his brothers or sisters. And the other one would not make tahara, would not cleanse himself because we know that cleanliness is part of iman. Number four, five, six, and seven are mentioned in one hadith narrated by al-Bukhari. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Sometimes after Fajr, when he would finish the Salah, he would turn around and ask the Sahaba, did any of you see a dream? If they saw any dreams, he would interpret it for them. One day he asked them, did you see any dreams? They said, no. Rasulullah said, but I, when I was asleep, two men came down and they grabbed me by my hand. And we know that the dreams, we know that the dreams of the Anbiya are Wahi, revelation, they're true. So Rasulullah says, when I was asleep, two men came down and they grabbed my hand. 
and they took me with them. So we passed by a man sitting down and someone is throwing iron hooks in his mouth and they're tearing up his mouth and they're coming out from the end, from his neck. Two large hooks. They're going in his mouth and they're coming out from the other side. I said, who is this? They didn't answer. They took me with them to another place. So we saw someone. So they carried me with them. And there was someone laying on his back. And someone standing over him. With a rock, big rock in his hands. And he would throw it on the man lying down and crush his head. And then the rock, the stone would roll. So by the time he goes and picks up the rock, the head would grow up again. And then he would smash it again. And he would keep on doing that consistently. I told them, what is this? They didn't answer. And then we passed next to an oven that looked like a cone. So it was narrow from the top and wide from the bottom. A cone, but it was an oven. And there were some men and women inside. And those men and women fire would erupt from beneath them and it would burn them so they would scream and try to climb out of the oven but because it's like a cone they keep on sliding down into the fire. I said, what is this? They didn't answer. And then we went and saw a river of blood and there's someone swimming in that river and whenever he wants to get out of the river of blood there's someone standing on the shore and would throw a big rock in his mouth that would push him back in the river. And he would try to come out again and then he would throw another rock in his mouth and it would push him back to the river of blood. I said, what is this? And then they took me with them to a green, beautiful garden. In the middle of the garden, there was a huge tree. Next to the tree, there was an old man surrounded with many children. And then there was another man on the side. He had fire between his hands and he was igniting the fire and making it burn even more. And then they they took me up the tree. And we went on that tree into a room. I have never seen a room more beautiful than that room. And in that room there were old men and young men, old women and young women and children. And then they took me out of that room and they carried me up to a room that is even more beautiful. And I went in there and I saw some young men and old men. I told them, what is this? So they told me, the man that had hooks in his mouth that would tear it up to his neck is a man who tells a lie. And that lie will be carried all around the world. So this is his punishment until the day of judgment. We think about how a lie can reach the whole world. Now with media, mass media, you could lie and that lie can be carried all over the world. And when a lie comes out the mouth, it cannot be taken back. It's like trying to put a camel through a needle eye. If it comes out of the mouth, it's done. So that person would say, tell a lie, and he cannot control it, and it goes all around the world. So this is his punishment until the Day of Judgment. That's the punishment of kithib, lying. In al 
يهدي إلى الفجور وإن الفجور يهدي إلى النار وإن الرجل لا يكذب حتى يكتب عند الله كذابا ابن مسعود says that رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said that lying leads to corruption and corruption leads to hellfire and a man would keep on lying until Allah سبحانه وتعالى would write him down as a liar and then they said the man that that was lying down and his head was being crushed with a big stone that is the person who learned Quran but then would not follow it during the daytime and would not recite it in the nighttime so this is a person who learned Quran studied Quran or memorized Quran but he would not pray and recite Quran at night and he would not follow up on the commandments of Quran in the daytime so Quran is just as they say now barakah it has no use it's in the heart but there is no action based on Quran we know Quran and we don't follow it and that is the punishment for it Quran is a blessed book there is barakah in Quran but the barakah comes by following the commandments of Quran it does not come by wrapping Quran in beautiful cloths and putting it on the rack until dust builds on it Quran is in the heart and those men and women who were in the oven those are azuna the ones who used to commit zina adultery and fornication and that's their punishment until the day of judgment and the one who was swimming in the river of blood and then would be pushed in it with a rock that's the one who used to deal with interest and that is his punishment until the day of judgment it is punishment in dunya it's punishment in the grave it's punishment on yawm al-qiyamah and it's punishment in hellfire and there's no pleasure in it in dunya and there is no use in it in dunya Allah Rasulullah sallallahu says aqibatu riba ila qil the eventual ending of riba is decrease and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says yamhaqullahu riba Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy riba that's in dunya and akhirah and then this is the punishment of the person who deals with interest in the grave swimming in a river of blood and then on the day of judgment Ibn Abbas says the one who used to deal with riba when he comes out of his grave the angels will give him weapons and they will tell him go and fight with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran fa'adhanu biharbin min Allah wa rasulih if you deal with interest then there is an announced and waged war against you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will wage this war on you on the day of judgment and to be fair with you he will give you weapons to fight with him with that is the result of riba and then in akhirah eventually it is hellfire ila nar that is the result of dealing with riba interest we try to look for ways around it we go shopping for fatwa to get around riba this is the hukm of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fa'adhanu biharbin min allah wa rasulih allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not waged war except on two people the one who fights the awliya of allah man adha li waliyan faqad adhantuhu bil harb the one who fights my awliya then i would wage war against them and the second person is the one who deals with interest fa'adhanu biharbin min allah wa rasulih these are the only two people whom allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has announced war against and then the old man sitting next to the tree is ibrahim and the children surrounding him are the children who died in young age and the man who was burning the fire is the guardian of hellfire malik 
And the room that you saw on the tree is the room reserved for the believers, the men and women. And then the room that was above it is the room of a shuhada. And look up. So, and I am Jibreel and this is Mikael. Now look up. So Rasulullah looked up at the sky and Rasulullah said, I saw way up in the sky what appeared to be like clouds. They told me that is your home. I told them, let me visit my home. They said, no, you still have some life to spend on earth. When it's over, then you can visit your home. That house on the tree is for the believers who die in dunya. But the house above it, the room above it, is for a shuhada, the honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the shaheed. And then way up, it cannot even be seen by the eyes, is the place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reserved for the leader of mankind, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There are a few other things that could cause punishment in the grave, like being in debt. You owe someone money. And there's a hadith where one of the Sahaba passed away. So Rasulullah told his brother, go and pay the debt of your brother because your brother is being held from Jannah with his debt. He cannot go to Jannah until his debt releases him. So the debt is surrounding that Sahabi and he cannot go to Jannah until it's paid off. So Rasulullah told his brother, pay it off. Pay off your brother's debt. There's also something that could cause harm to the dead, and that is the excessive weeping of his or her family. If you pass away and your family weep on you excessively, that could cause some pain. Because when Umar ibn Khattab was injured and he was passing away, Suhaib, the companion of Rasulullah al-Sahabi, Suhaib al-Rumi, he came and he saw Umar ibn Khattab and he started to cry. Umar ibn Khattab said, إِنَّ الْمَيِّتْ يعذب ببعض بكاء أهله عليه. The dead person would suffer because of the crying and weeping of his family. Umar al-Khattab did not want anybody to weep on him. Tears falling down and crying is okay. That's natural. We would feel sorrow and sadness when a loved one passes away. But it should not be excessive and lose patience. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see us patient. The Tears would drop from the eyes of Rasulullah when a loved one would pass away. But Rasulullah would never uh, allow himself or any of the Sahaba to excessively weep on anyone. What saves from the punishment of the grave? Number one, the good deeds. Rasulullah says in the hadith, when the dead person is buried, He's able to hear the footsteps of the people when they're leaving his cemetery. And then his good deeds would surround him. So salah would come next to his head. Fasting would come on his right side. And zakah would come on the left side. And then the other good deeds would come next to his feet. So whenever this person would be attacked from the head, the Salah would say, no, you cannot come from this side. And whenever the attack is from the right side, the Siyam would say, no, you cannot come from this side. And the Zakah would say, you cannot come from this side. And the other good deeds would say, you cannot come from next to the feet. And they would be making a shield 
surrounding this person from every side, providing him with protection. Number two, الْإِسْتِعَاذَةُ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ Seeking refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the punishment of the grave. فَعَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِذَا تَشَهَّدَ أَحَدُكُمْ فَلْيَسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ أَرْبَعَ يقول اللهم إني أعوذ بك من عذاب جهنم ومن عذاب القبر ومن فتنة المحيا والممات ومن فتنة المسيح الدجال رواه مسلم. صلى الله عليه وسلم says when you make تشهد then seek refuge in Allah from four things seek refuge in Allah from the punishment of hellfire and from the punishment of the grave and from the fitna of life and death and from the fitna of the false messiah الدجال so it is sunnah to say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min azabi jahannam, wa min azabi al-qabr, wa min fitnat al-mahya wal-mamat, wa min fitnat al-masih al-dajjal, after tashahud and before salam. In your salah, after you finish the tashahud, fil-alameen ha'innaka hamidun majid, and then you say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min azabi jahannam, wa min azabi al-qabr, wa min fitnat al-mahya wal-mamat, wa min fitnat al-masih al-dajjal. These are four things we should constantly seek refuge in Allah from who are the ones who are spared from the trials of the grave, al-fitna. Who are the ones who do not go through these trials? Number one, the top of the list, al-shaheed. Al-shaheed, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, لِلشَّهِيدِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ سِتُّ خِصَالِ يُغْفَرْ لَهُ فِي أَوَّلْ دَفْعَةِ وَيَرَى مِقْعَدَهُ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَيُجَارُ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ وَيَأْمَنُ مِنَ الْفَزَعِ الْأَكْبَرِ وَيُوضَعُ عَلَى رَأْسِهِ تَاجِ الْوَقَارِ الْيَاقُوتَةُ مِنْهَا خَيْرٌ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا فِيهَا وَيُزَوَّجُ ثِنْتَيْنِ وَسَبْعِينَ زَوْجَةً مِنَ الْحُورِ الْعِينِ وَيُشَفَّعُ فِي سَبْعِينَ مِنْ أَقْرِبَائِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم says there are six qualities for the shaheed six qualities number one he would be forgiven with the first drop of blood that comes out of his body his sins would be forgiven Number two, he would see his place in paradise. Number three, he would be saved from the punishment of the grave. Number four, he would be saved from the fear of the most fearful day, the day of judgment. Number five, the crown of tranquility will be placed on his head. One emerald in it is worth the world and everything in it. And he would, number five, he would be married to 72 of Al-Hur al And number six, he would be given intercession shafa'ah in 70 of his relatives. These are qualities Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the shaheed. One of the sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, مَا بَالْ مُؤْمِنِينَ يُفْتَنُونَ فِي قُبُورِهِمْ إِلَّا الشَّهِيدِ O Messenger of Allah, how come the believers go through the trials, the fitna of the grave, but the shaheed doesn't? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, The shining of the swords over his head is enough of a fitna for him. In the battlefield, when the swords are shining over his head, and that glimmering of, of light is reflected off the swords, and you see death in every moment, that is the fitna for the shaheed. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would give him pleasure and tranquility in the grave. And today we would say that the same thing applies to the fire. The explosions and the missiles and the bullets that pass next to the fighters, the mujahideen in the sake of Allah, that is their fitna. But then when they are killed in the sake of Allah, they would get pleasure in their graves. Because they have won through enough. They have won through fitna when they were in the middle of the battlefield. Number two, 
المرابط الذي يموت في الرباط المرابط is the soldier who is stationed in a position away from home guarding the Muslims waiting for instructions to fight that is المرابط it comes from rabat rabat is when you tie something المرابط is someone that is tied to that post he cannot leave it is as if you are tying a camel or a horse that guard, that soldier has to take that post and has to guard it day and night. It's a very difficult job. Because of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving the murabat a special reward. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Kullu Rasulullah says, everyone, their deeds would be terminated the moment they die. Except for the one who dies as a murabat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would continue his deeds for him and they would keep on growing until the day of judgment and he would be spared from the fitna of the grave. The reward of a ribat. Finally, there is a hadith mentioned that the one who dies on the day of Jum'ah also gets this honor and this is a hadith that is hasan. Rasulullah Any Muslim who dies on Friday, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would spare him from the punishment of the grave. For further information, please contact Al Bashir Publications and Translations at 1 877 or 303-574-0095. Our fax number is 303-373-0943 or visit our website at www.albashir.com That's www.al-b-a-s-h-e-e-r.com you can also write to our address at 10515 East 40th Avenue, Suite 108, Denver, Colorado, 80239-3264. Please proceed to the next CD.